What's up, everybody? We're back up at you inside of the Ozone. I am Omar Miller, your host, and this is my brother, Terry Miller. Hello, everybody. Hello, world. See that? He's not always monotone. Yeah. Let's just spark it up and see how fired up he can get, because I know there's a topic that gets the icons turned up quick. He's after me. He's after me right now. I'm after you because I'm going to shoot 50 shots on your head and I'm going to make everybody go crazy. That gives me turnt, as they say nowadays. There it is. Let's speak on it. The mighty, mighty Kobe Bryant has retired, ladies and gentlemen. Thank goodness. He's thrown up his last jumper in the Staples Center. and uh, I was so happy. (laughs) How did you feel about that going away performance? 60 points. 60 points on 50 shots. How do you feel? Tell me about it at Icons. I can get 60 points off of 50 shots if no one plays defense and they proclaim it my day, my day, my night, everything. Hey, let Terry go to the rack. Ooh, hey, shoot a jumper. 50 times, dude? Come on. That's too far. It's too far. I know that people pay big bucks for it, you know, $20,000, $30,000 seats, but are you kidding me? 60 points. A free-for-all. And then it should have an asterisk next to it. That says what? I shot too many times. Everybody, shoot, shoot, shoot. Come on, man. That's not real basketball. That hurts the league. Doesn't hurt the league when you're on your way out. <laughs> well, yeah. Doesn't hurt the league when Maybe they're selling $30,000 seats on the floor. That doesn't hurt the league. Well, yeah, and the kids in the future won't even know what happened. They'll just look at the stats and say, wow, that dude scored 60 points on his way out. And therein lies how it hurts the game yeah. at large. Yeah. And you know what? I I, I think Disgusting. That I think that what we've seen this past season of Kobe Bryant farewell tour celebration. Uh, is we, going to call Byron Scott his job? I, definitely Byron Scott's getting fired. And if he doesn't, the, the buses are going crazy. Um, but I, I think that to my experience and to my observation, we've watched the greatest basketball organization be reduced to a fair a show, a circus of individuals To rubble. To Barney Rubble. And then Bam Bam's on the way. <laughs> but you know what I think? I don't know. I mean, people didn't seem to mind. I, I understand the farewell tour. I understand he's a legend. I get it. He's a stud. He's a winner. Third most scoringest player of all time. But I, I wonder what was sacrificed over these past two and a half or three years, really, because you could argue that he should have required, retired two years ago. Right. Um, and I wonder what's, what this is going to cost the Lakers. I wonder what this is going to cost in the large scale. Obviously, financially, it wasn't a problem because they stayed sold out, whether he was only playing eight minutes or whether he played, put in, uh, you know, like he did his last couple games. You know, he scored 35 the night before this, a couple nights before. I don't remember who that was against, but he scored 35. And now he put up the 60. It just, to me, it goes to speak on how in America, everybody loves a winner. That's and true. I tell you, it doesn't but matter what, cost. what you do. It doesn't matter. This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. It doesn't matter what the cost. It doesn't matter what you do. If you can win and if you can give the illusion of winning or the illusion that you were the, the key reason for the win, Not that, I'm not saying that Kobe is giving any illusions. Right. I'm just saying in general. You can do just about anything in the United States. So is that capitalism at its finest? I I don't know if it's capitalism. I mean, capitalism has to play in that ideology. I can't tell you how my phone lit up with people saying, "Are you? did you see this? And yeah, it was moving at times because there was times that he did. He gave you vintage Kobe. He gave you vintage Mamba. Like, he was moving in slow motion. There was, I, don't, I, I mean, I'm not going to just bash him like you're bashing him because there was times he hit hard. jumpers. You are going hard. He, he hit jumpers in the corner uh, on the fadeaway Something threes. Went. He did all kind of stuff that, you know, was impressive. 
uh, yeah, there was a lot of Olays out there, folks. I watched the game. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, Dude probably should have had twenty two points. It, I don't. I can't give an exact number. But, I'm going uh, twenty two. I don't know where you come up with <laughs> what your equation is. For yeah, that. yeah, free throws. You know, they take him to the line. I, I'm I'm not just Mamba bashing, but it was too you far. You are Mamba bashing. It was too far. Too far. Come on. They, see, ultimately, this is one time where I can say it was actually not too far because they won the game. Now, the problem that I have is that the Utah Jazz seemed like they didn't care. Then this is a big problem I have in professional sports in general. It, the Jazz got eliminated from playoff contention a couple hours before the game, and that seemed to directly affect their effort for the game. Yeah, well, how many times have you watch somebody like the Jordan effect where a guy just stand around and watch the show? So they were all caught up in the Kobe show. You know, you watch a guy. This is his farewell tour. They just blew the Lakers out by almost 50 points. Almost 50. And now you're telling me that they come back and they were down again and the Mamba all of a sudden explodes. We can't hold him. We can't hold a 40-year-old man. Can't hold him. Couldn't uh, hold him. <laughs> but this is the thing. If you – okay, I don't think you care – if you're going on vacation, either way it goes, and you're wealthy and so on and so forth. I don't know how much it really matters, and it showed that it didn't really matter to the Utah Jazz because, I mean, these guys, some of the guys were playing hard for sure, but there was, you know. Four time. Yeah, four four time. Yeah. And there was a lot of terrible defense being played on the Lakers side. It, it looked like a celebrity game. Right. <laughs> it looked right. like, like, a, <laughs> like an MTV all-star game. Right. Uh, no, the Celebrity E-League games, man, intense. Sh- shout out to Shane Duffy. They're too intense. That's how I busted my knee up. You got a whole bunch of fools like out there. <laughs> Going a, I don't like it. It's stiff, actually. It limits my mobility. I need a retirement tour. But, this, uh, but, but yeah, the, the thing is, is that, the, they, you know, the, the celebrities and everybody you play with at the park or whatever who don't really know how to play the sport always go too far and they take it too seriously. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, somebody rolled an ankle. And usually that somebody is me. So then I crack <laughs> someone's right. rib for that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he retired. Let's listen to what Cobster had to say on the floor of the Staples uh, in this in his last hurrah. You know, it's uh, I can't believe how fast twenty years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, and. Uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. All right, I just got to cut it halfway. I mean, it's unbelievable to me because the the short memory of Los Angeles sports fans is mind blowing. We we didn't run. I can remember vividly a clip of Kobe Bryant on the radio talking about they do. I need to, you know, I need to get traded. I was seeing the other way, man. The kids they don't want to play. They, we got to get rid of somebody. Got to get rid of buying them. We got to get rid of. We got to get rid of me. Right, and so he ran in a sense. 
the commitment to the team definitely didn't seem like it was there then. It wavered. It wavered. Like wavery chips. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know. Very interesting, though, because this is my point. You know, Kobe is riding off into the sunset, uh, you know, although the rest of the NBA is actually playing basketball in the playoffs. He's riding off into the sunset now, and it's just very interesting to me how winning erases pretty much everything. It's just a, a, an amazing concept. Just think about that. Think if you could apply that to your daily life. And you can in America. I guess that's the American right. dream. Right. It's like literally if you can win and uplift people because of that motivational feeling that comes from winning, you can literally make people forget selling them out right. <laughs> and doing any any whole number of things. I guess it's kind of what the – what you know. <laughs> what the Wall Street and the bankers are doing to the American public now a little bit. I guess Shaq is promoting goodwill because he was there supporting. And you know what? Shaq always promotes goodwill. Yeah. Shout out to the Diesel. One love. I mean, the dude, he, he was out there. I tell you what's interesting is that Shaq, I saw that quote where Shaq said, at the beginning of the game, I jokingly challenged him to put up 50 and the motherfucker put up 60. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got you to gotta love Shaq and Kobe for that, to be honest, because that's that's incredible. Yeah. And and one thing that I will give crazy love for the Mamba too is, uh, you know, his will to win was never in question. The right. guy always wanted to win, except for the time that he quit on the team in Phoenix. Uh, he always wanted to win, and he always he was always willing to do anything uh, only problem even a diesel uh, it, it always only <laughs> only problem I had there is that to me with Kobe Bryant and I know everybody feels like I go too hard on him but it always seemed more important to me for Kobe Bryant to win the game and for him to be the reason they won than it was for them to actually just win the game as a team. Yes. And that's my problem with him as well because he's very selfish and then he's teaching the kids that are coming up to be selfish. You know? But it's 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 it gets accoladed, feted, and and cloaked in this will to win desire, like all those right. awesome new commercials they came out with. With right. still hate me, I feed off the hate, blah 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 blah. You know all of that stuff. I just think that you would want to promote a kid to teach him how to be a team player more so than anything. You know. Well, but at that level, you know, I don't think you're thinking about how am I going to promote the kids. I think that you're thinking. But he has a responsibility as being the, one of the ultimate superstars of this era. I, I think he does, but I and I would say more so than a lot of people, he definitely does. He did his. He was the. He was a goodwill ambassador. The game of basketball is in a better space because of Kobe Bryant than it would have been without him. I also think that there was maybe six, seven other guys in the league that came up with Kobe Bryant that could have accomplished what Kobe Bryant accomplished with that team and that organization uh, if they were in that spot. Right. I mean, I and I and I think this is why. I'm never cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with him, but, uh, you know, I mean, you got Allen Iverson, um, you got Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter, you had Ray Allen, yeah. you had Stevie Franchise, um, you had Stephon Marbury, who, you know, before he started eating Vaseline, Stephon Marbury was completely <laughs> unstoppable. He was. Uh, More so than AI? Ooh, I don't, I mean, AI is one of my personal favorites, so right. I don't I don't know about that, but, but we never favorite. got to see AI play with, that team, you know what I mean, that I wish we could have seen him play Which with. Which is even more awesome because he's only like six feet tall. Yeah. And, yeah, he, yeah, and yeah. he went to the big dance. But there was a – he didn't get him a ring, though. No. Can't. And can't he do it. He's going to go against the diesel. 
went against Kobe in the season. Kobe. But I think, I don't know. I think that there's a, uh, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation. I'm glad Kobe Bryant went out the way he did because he did go out gunning. He did go out, you know. He's a gunslinger. He, he went out his way, and you'll never say he was scared to shoot, and that, there's something to be said for that. One thing that I love about Kobe Bryant, I'm going to wrap up my Mamba talk on this so we can go Mamba out, is the moment was never too big for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. I was never concerned, oh, he's going to fold. There was even never if, too much pressure. The moment he shot over the backboard. Even if he shot over the back, I don't care. He's yeah. going to take the shot. I'll tell you that much. He wasn't scared, and, and there's a lot to be said for that because in the big moments, we see that a lot. We see guys crumble, just completely fold. Yeah, like moment's too big. Yeah, like they just got dropped in the middle of a war zone. That's it. Speaking of folding, you know, I'd like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Five Four Clothing. You should look into joining the Five Four Club. Let them fold you up one hundred and fifty dollars worth of clothes for only sixty dollars a month. Five Four Club, they'll keep you styled. So, want to move into another piece? Uh, we have a very interesting caller on the line. <laughs> Ellie, what up? Hey. I'm good, I'm good. How's it going? How's the reflections? Oh, man. Sec back. We just played your intro. We get the sec back. We get your sec back. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a nice jingle, Take man. Who made, that, who made that jam? Um, this rapper out of D.C. Uh, let's see. He just changed his name. Ooh. His name now is Mo, M-O-E. Mo. But he used to be um, Young Fresh. <laughs> young uh, Fresh. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, his grandfather was the president of Pakistan. Really? Wow. Now, see that? I'm they, glad I asked. That's yeah, interesting. Right? That's a yeah, fun a fact there. <laughs> and if but, that's um, the case, my nickname as a rapper would just be Prayers. <laughs> that's what it would be. It. Ellie, talk to me, man. Very excited to have you on board. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. Very easy. Just go to Google, type in ES News, one word, ES News, and everything will come up. There Twitter, it is. Instagram, nice. Now, now, for those who don't know, Ellie Sekback is my personally my personal favorite boxing interviewer, promoter, journalist. He has all of the insight. I met him out and about on the red carpets when he realized that I actually was very interested in sports and as a sports aficionado. And and Ellie is one of the reasons that we're here. You guys are listening to us because he encouraged me to get my voice out there. He always wants to know my perspective on things. And right now, me and my brother at Icons are here on the line for you to hear your perspective. Tell me what you thought about that Pacquiao-Tim uh, uh, Bradley fight last weekend. Well, first of all, thanks so much for the introduction. Thanks for having me always a pleasure and yes you are you do have great views on sports very original and i'm happy you're doing this podcast this is watching pacquiao it made me think of chick Kern, the voice of the lakers because when, when chick got a little older people would complain that he's confusing eddie jones with kobe and things i remember that and the answer and the answer was chick may have lost a step or two but he's still 10 steps ahead of everyone else wow so when i'm watching manny pacquiao who fought Tim Bradley? He lost his step or two. He was a little slower. He was wasn't as explosive, but he's still ten steps ahead of ninety nine percent of the fighters. So right. Bradley's no pushover. Bradley's a great fighter, and Manny Pacquiao made it look easy. He dropped him twice, and that's not easy to do. That's Bradley not easy. Has- and 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 Tim Bradley has crazy heart. His number one attribute, in my opinion, is his heart. And he he stayed in there and he fought with him. But you could see, just like you said, Manny was just a little ahead of him at every turn. Anticipation-wise and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, the question is, 
Manny said retirement 50-50. I don't buy it, personally. You know, I think Manny comes back two, three, four more fights. It all depends also on the election. If he wins the election, if he doesn't win the election, he's coming back in three months or four months. Um, if he wins the election, maybe in six months. But Wow, so you think we could have a sitting president actually step into the ring? Wow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if Barack Obama actually, President Obama fought Vladimir Putin? You know how that would be the craziest pay-per-view numbers ever. And could the Secret <laughs> Service even stand to watch it? They couldn't even watch. <laughs> They'd have to you jump know, in. It'd be, they'd turn into a Royal Rumble. <laughs> wait, wait, but before Packer becomes president, he becomes uh, he's, he's trying to win a Senate seat. Oh, he's running for of, Senate now. Oh, I thought he was running for president straight away. That's My bad. A, that's a, no, no, that's the next step. But that would be crazy, too, because that probably would happen. But there's only <laughs> 24, if I'm not mistaken, 24 senators for the entire Philippines, which has like 97 million people. Okay. So it's a very, very big position. And I don't know if he's going to win or not. He's very popular, but the people want him as their politician. Maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see. But definitely a possibility. And next step is to run for president. Ah, okay. So then who would you see him fighting? Because for me, I think there's some interesting fights to be made out there. And I think with with boxers, retirement is always questionable. Boxers never seem to be able to retire. Right. And it gives a deeper conversation that I'd like to ask your view on is what do you think about the state of the union with boxing and with the boxers having no union? I heard Bernard Hopkins speaking on uh, how absurd it is that boxers have no union. It's something I actually listened to Floyd Mayweather about that I actually finally agree with him about. Boxers need a union. There needs to be something that takes care of these champions after their champions so that they don't have to continue to fight and get their heads bashed in a la a Roy Jones and this, that, and the other, who I don't even think is doing it for the money. He just likes to fight. But there, there needs to be some system in place. What do you think about that? I'm still in shock that you agree with Floyd on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't agree that the fight was a draw. <laughs> that, no, he, whatever he nonsense that. it was that he told you. No, my, my instinct or my, how what's the right word I'm looking for? My gut feeling is that that was just a made-up article by an anonymous source. Because ESPN wrote this article, some guy who normally covers the Yankees. So everyone in Vegas, 10,000 fans, no one saw Mayweather stand by the media, no, one, no picture of him on Bradley. This looked very strange to me because you would think, yeah, everybody saw Mayweather in the lobby, and I talked to him 20 minutes, I talked to him at 1.30 in the morning. Right, I saw that, I saw your that, video. Yeah, but he didn't tell me the fight was a draw, he said it was closer than the judges, and, and he would have said I met Tim Bradley, or I met with him and he'll be back. Yeah, what has he got so to it, lie about? Exactly, so I don't know, but... Roy Jones Jr., you're absolutely right. He fights because he loves to fight. It's what he does. And he told me at this point of his life, if he has any damage, he already has it. So he doesn't care. <laughs> Unions. Oh, wow. I, I, remember, I remember covering the UFC when the UFC kind of was in its ancient stages and bringing up the union issue and everybody at the UFC had a heart attack. Because that means you have scales. That means you have, you know, work hours. That means rates. I don't know. It doesn't fighters? have to be a union yeah, like SAG or like uh, like the Teamsters. Right. I'm they just talking about structure. a pension like the Major League Baseball Players Union the, or, or the NFLPA. None of those guys, we're not talking about, those guys don't have work hours or something like that. It's not that kind of situation. But there's got to be something set up, in my opinion, where that being a boxer doesn't avail you to then being completely exposed and vulnerable after you get done with your immediate income because there's no ancillary income that comes directly from boxing. No, absolutely. And you're right about one thing. Every time a fighter announces a retirement, they never retire. Never. History has shown it. You name a fighter who announces retirement, he's back a year. Margarito came back. 
Um, Brandon Rios announced his retirement after Bradley. He's coming back now. Uh, Mayweather announced his retirement. He returned. Uh, Holyfield announced his retirement numerous times. He's Sugar Ray, because- Muhammad Ali. Only Rocky Marciano, right? Yeah, Rocky Marciano yeah. is the only one that walked away. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where the, the Brown Bomber, too, he was oh, already He had there. to come back. Yeah, he had to. Exactly. And, and so- realistically, he probably would have went down as the greatest fighter of all time yeah. if he would have just retired. Yeah. And if World War II never broke out. Exactly. And I feel the same about Roy Jones Jr. If he retired at his prime, at his peak, no one would have ever argued. Well, realistically, up, if Roy never leaves that middleweight division, but he had to, he, he there's did, nothing there. Yeah, what could he do? But he was just he was that far ahead of the the competition. Yeah. He totally dominated. Well, well, we got you on the line, sec back. We want to we want to talk to you. I feel the same way about that Pacquiao fight. By the way, I was very impressed with Manny's ring savvy, and I thought that Bradley brought his A game. I hated to see this fight happen a third time, to be honest, because I actually am a, um, am a as a fan. I feel like Timothy Bradley's underrated. I think Bradley just happened to fight in an era that was dominated by Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, and he only got to fight one of those two guys, and that guy had his number. Maybe if he fought Floyd Mayweather, it would have been a little different. Maybe not. I don't know. But I just wish that he could get his his seat at the table, if you will, because I would like to see Timothy Bradley fight Keith one-time Thurman. I'd like to see him fight Sean Porter. I would like to see him. There's a lot of guys out there that I would like to see him fight that I think he actually could be successful over. Realistically, if Manny Pacquiao fought an Adrian Broner, if he fought Amir Khan, if he fought a Sean Porter, if he fought a Keith Thurman, if he fought... Terrence Crawford. Any- Terrence Crawford, any of those, this fight would have done tremendously well because it was new, it was exciting. Pacquiao Bradley were very soft 24 rounds, so this was round 25. Yeah. And the first two fights were okay. They, they weren't like epic, like fight of the year type style. Where, no, you know, it like, was wow, domination. Like, Manny yeah. dominated them in all 25 rounds for the most part. I'd say Manny probably, of those 24 rounds, Manny probably lost six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. But you're right about Bradley. He's a warrior. But $4 million, how do you turn that down? You Manny don't. got paid seven. Uh, much less than what he did against Mayweather, obviously. Uh, for Bradley, the first two fights, he made six and five. So he took a little pay cut, but still, nobody else could deliver that kind of money. Because if he fights anyone else, they're not going to pay him for it. So I understand the politics of it, but as a fan, I would like to see other people in the ring. I, I think, again, Amir uh, Khan, Pacquiao, given their history, given you know all the talk, yeah, that and they been almost nice. had the fight. It almost went down, but it didn't. And now, speaking of which, what do you think about Amir Khan coming up against Canelo? I like Amir and I like Canelo. They're both super cool individuals. You yeah. know, like they're they're really humble. They're great for the sport. They're real like gentlemen, like class act. It's a big challenge. If Amir wins, it's the shock of our era. He's not. He's the underdog. Well, Icons uh, feels then, like he can win. Yeah. My brother feels like he can yeah. win. And truth be told, from what I've seen, I actually like his chances. The biggest problem that I have is that Amir Khan shows up from time to time with the glass jaw, and that's not going to work against Canelo. But what is going to work against Canelo is his superior hand and foot speed. Right, and he gets up off the mat. He does get up off the mat. And speed is a problem for Canelo. He's a plotter. Yep. yep. No, you guys are absolutely right on all those points. Very valid. Uh, Amir Khan is extremely – look – I recorded him once, and I said, Amir, can you throw 10 punches of 50, like 10 seconds of punches into the camera, and we'll time how many punches you throw. It was 146 punches in 15 seconds. Are you kidding me? No, but here's the funny part. When I slowed mode the video to 30% of the original speed, he was still faster than the majority of the fighters in their fastest. Wow. So his hands are, so even if he moves up in weight and loses a, a little bit of his speed, he's still extremely fast. Um, 
Canelo is very explosive. I just talked to one of the sparring partners yesterday, Dusty Harrison, uh, 29-0, 60 knockouts. He's a rock, rock nation. And Dusty told me when Canelo, when Khan feels his power, he won't be able to take it. So we'll see. We, we're going to say, listen, that's why they fight. That's why they fight. I'm very excited to see that fight. Yeah, and I don't ever think that he's going to get in the middle of the ring with him and slug. I think he's too smart for that. Khan, you know, so I think that who's, he's going to Who's box. training Amir Khan now, Ellie? Do you know? Uh, Virgil Hunter, the trainer. Oh, Virgil's training. Oh, wow. Virgil Hunter's training him. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that yeah. should be he, interesting. He, that would be interesting. And the only thing that this fight, I would have liked Amir's chances better. He's been off for 10 months. So if he took a tune-up before, I think the fight would have been. But it is what it is. He's fighting. 10 months off in boxing is a long time. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we have to see. And then with the upper weight, it's the first time he's fighting with this new weight class. We have to see how does his body react in the stretch, round 9, 10, 11, 12. Do you gas out? I mean, Big O, you're a former athlete. I'm sure you'd rather participate in athletic. You know, if you step on the baseball field or the basketball court after not playing for a while, you're so Forget about it. You step on the baseball field after not playing for 10 months, you might as well be stepping on a little league field. Because if a guy, if a pitcher's been playing every day, you got problems on your hands. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, but Amir Khan's a former Olympic silver medalist from age 17. He's been a star. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes your adrenaline, when who was it, Victor Ortiz, fought Andre Berto, nothing would stop him that night, whether he got dropped. It, yep, if Amir Khan's one of those fights. And it, with the combination, if Canelo takes Amir Khan lightly, if he thinks like it's an easy, easy If he's task. looking forward to Triple G. Then well, it's gonna, there's gonna be a, he. It, I, I'm with you, Ellie. Well, I think another thing that's gonna help Canelo out is that because he just fought Cotto, so the, you know that speed, that speed factor will help him out. You know, get him a little tuned up to fight Khan. Yeah, yeah and he's and, in practice. And, and not only that, but he's improving from fight to fight. Canelo is. Remember, he fought Floyd at 21. Yeah. 22. No, no, no. Right. One, of, one of the best things, one of the smartest moves Floyd's ever made, in my opinion, was to catch that kid early because he still got the name value of him being undefeated and yada, yada, and yada, yada. But you could see as soon as they stepped in the ring that he wasn't ready. His his ring savvy, he wasn't anywhere near ready for that fight. Not anywhere right. near. Now you tell me this, moving on, how do you feel about the upcoming fight, the most pressing upcoming fight with uh, Triple G and Wade? You know, Triple G is a, is a friend of the Ozone. We're going to go down there and watch him uh, work out later this week. And uh, I can't wait to see this fight, actually. I actually saw you at the last Triple G fight. <laughs> Come, on, <man. laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see me at this thing. one, too. Triple G, he's, he's one of the best fighters in the world. Nicest person you will meet. He uh, is, he big is. puncher, another Olympic winner. People with this Olympic pedigree, they're just more boxers. People don't give him enough credit. Right. Wow, that's a great point. Now, people always think he's just talking. No, he knows how to box. And and he's very, very cool, calm, and collective. I don't think I've seen him lose many rounds in his whole professional career. It's very hard not to lose a round. Like you say that about Floyd and Ward. Yeah. They barely lose rounds. Wade is talented. Skinny, strong, uh, ranked 7th in the IBF. I think he goes 5-6 rounds. The Triple G will stop him. The power is something else. It kind of sucks for Triple G that there's no one at 160 right now. He's collecting all the belts, and you have to give him credit. But sometimes in boxing, you're only as good as your opposition. He it's needs true. a major name he needs to a major establish name. himself. I would love to see I – would, I would love and hate to see a uh, almost like a catchweight fight of Triple G and Andre Ward. I would really like to see that. I know Andre Ward is looking at going up to fight the Crusher, and he did the right thing by taking his tune-up fights because you know he had all of his problems of getting in and out of the ring over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but but that's a fight that I would love to see at closer to say 165, 
160, you know, maybe 168. I know he's moving up. But uh, this this it seems like the fight that fans and the industry want to make, given the idea that both of them win, is this Canelo Triple G fight, which is a tough fight uh, for for Canelo. I don't I really don't see how Canelo wins that fight. Yeah. But uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, last thing, last thing I want to cover with you is some of the uh, some of the even smaller guys. I know I see you. Uh, I see you on ES News spending a lot of time with Mikey Garcia. What's what's going on with Mikey right now? Okay, Mikey, thirty four and zero, uh, twenty eight knockouts. One of the best fighters in the world. Super talented. He's been on the shelf for two years in a legal dispute with his former promoter. After two years, he just released him, and now he's free. So he's getting every phone call from every promoter, from every manager, from every person on the planet. Everybody wants to work with him. Mikey's a very, very mature, I think he's 26 or 27. He's young, but he went to the police academy. He graduated at younger, you know, when he was 19. Very smart person, very talented boxer. He sparred Pacquiao when he was 19 and did great. He sparred Maidana before the Mayweather Maidana two fight. And two, what was it, like two weeks into camp, he broke, he cracked Maidana's rib. For the rest of the camp, no one was allowed to hit Maidana in the body. He actually dropped him. I was at the gym that day. And he, he back then, Mikey was fighting at 126. I remember he told me that. He's got crazy power for spies. Like crazy, crazy power, power, very patient. And um, he's, he's just one of those comments that, that really, they say, like the Haley's comment, once in 75 years. And he's Hispanic, you know, Latino, uh, speaks Spanish, speaks English. Um, he, it sounds it's like it's a super, for, sounds like a superstar in the making as he moves up in rank, especially mm-hmm. with the and, with the, uh, the the depth of the the welterweight division. If he continues to move up to get towards there, that one forty one forty seven mark. Yeah, and, and in the amateurs, he did he did fight Terence Crawford. He told me it was a close fight, but Terence Crawford won. Um, but at least he's been at that level for a very long time. And the, I, I spent a lot of time. He bought an eleven anchor home this week, and I went to visit him at the new property. Oh, it's good huge. for him. Yeah, no, no, he's cool. So he was telling me that the two years was actually good because now he misses boxing. Now he's hungry. Right. But going through the motions, he was just going through the motions. He wasn't loving it. Now he's, he's excited to get back in and make a statement. So whoever he signs with eventually, Floyd has been calling, hey, Mikey, call me. And <laughs> everybody wants him on their team. But whoever he signs with is going to be a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal because he's a great fighter. Let me he's ask- a great fighter and a great person. <clears throat> yeah. Let me ask you this, Ellie. This is Terry. Um, do you think that Floyd's going to come back? Yes. I heard that they're working on uh, Manny and Floyd too. They mentioned it. I mentioned it. I, you know, I, I wonder. It all it all seems pretty convenient, but then again, so does letting Kobe Bryant score sixty points in his way out. <laughs> so what can you do? Yeah, and, and then Utah Jazz who lighting it up all the games. Like, yeah, right. right. <laughs> we just, we just they just beat him by forty eight. Forty eight. And now everybody's letting this guy just run amok on him. I'm surprised they didn't let him score 100 and just hand him the ball out of the way. Give him the Will Chamberlain. I, look, I like Kobe, but come on. Like, the Jazz is like, okay, Thank you. I get it. Everybody likes a nice fairy tale and the soap opera, and now they can sell the jerseys and the DVDs, and right. he left with 60. It, it's almost like a fake All-Star game. I don't want to say that. When you hear this podcast, you're going to hear me say that right before you come on. That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what it was like. It was like watching a celebrity game. Yeah. Yeah, a celebrity game with a celebrity in the crowd that was waiting like for Justin Bieber to get on the court. And, like, <laughs> and, and honestly, Kobe deserves better. But it's it's kind of like the whole year was like so bad. This is the worst Lakers season. And Ellie, it's been you a just, you're you're, for, like, you're yeah. echoing everything that I just said. The Lakers organization has been reduced and minimized 
to a tour, a circus of individualism that doesn't promote good basketball or good team sports. And I'm really interested to see where the organization goes. I mean, I don't think the Lakers are going to have a hard time finding the stud free agents to come right. out now that, that Kobe's gone. But at the same time, they're going to have to reestablish this culture of winning because they haven't been winning. I think the Lakers have collectively won, what is it, 60 games over three seasons, four seasons? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something funny. One of the players from the Kings, I'm close to some of the players, so they got me tickets for one of the Laker games when they were here this year. So I came down. And I was actually really disappointed because when the Kings played the Lakers at Staples, Kobe's teammates refused to pass him the ball. And, like, he was on the court, but <laughs> I was like, hey, I came to see Kobe's last game. I didn't, you know, that was yeah, I mean, but he, but But he, you know, there was a period of time there where he was, I mean, brutal. Like, it was like he, should, he really, yeah. I really feel like it, I would have, not that my two cents matters, but I would have had more respect if he would have retired two years ago after that last, you know, if he would have retired two years ago after that last uh, injury because he, yeah, ever since he came back, you know, it's good for business, but. And I was just going to say he has 70 million reasons and more because right. after the last game, now everyone loves him. Look, I've been around Kobe since Come he's on. 17. Come on. Now everybody this is you're yeah, gonna see. This yeah. is exactly what we were talking about. It's how well, you winning, guys are right. It just it just validates. Look, I've been around since seventeen. I've always been cool with him. He's always been super nice to me where there were times where security staples center could be asshole. Like, I don't know if you could curse on this. Yeah, yeah, you feel could, free. They they could be like really for no no logic, like no common sense. I'm interviewing Kobe and all of a sudden five security red coach jump in front of me the the block. He was physically lift me over security so we could finish the interview. <laughs> and and I always appreciate him like looking out for me because I'm a nobody. Come on, man, I'm on YouTube. It's not like I'm on CNN or Fox News or some major network. So I get him. He's always been super cool. But I would see all these fake people that for years, years and years and years would just trash him, trash him, anything negative. And now, oh, he's the greatest. We now he's him. the greatest. Right. Oh, are you crazy? People love him. Forget and I, I just I can't believe how much the league is giving him hugs. It's just like a it's watching a Hallmark card. It's like watching a Lifetime movie. I can't even believe yeah. it. The last and, and game is an asterisk. I'm sorry, Terry, go that ahead. That last game needs an asterisk. Uh, it, it's just part of the, like, soap opera. They should have brought violins and, like, you know, tell them to play like, White and cheese. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was too much, but it was. It was over it the was top, whole dude. Year like that. Whole hmm? year. Well, Ellie, this is all I got to say to you. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Reporting. Look, man, really, really, really happy that you called in. We're going to check back in with you after the big fight uh, uh, next week, I do believe. Next Saturday is Wade and uh, Triple G. And uh, we'll check back in with you. You know, you are a friend of the Ozone. Always welcome. And I always appreciate the love you show out and about. Ladies and gentlemen, ES News anchor, editor, chief at Secback. Thank you so much. And Later, we'll talk dude. to you guys soon. Later. Hey. Ellie Secback, folks. Very great, solid. Great. Very solid. You know what else is solid? Gorilla life. Good it's point. life in a bottle. Three ingredients. Chlorophyll, water, and love. That's how it goes. And you know what? This gives you life. You got to try it. Go to GorillaLife.com. Life in a bottle. You know the gorilla is, in real life, the gorilla, I do believe, is an herbivore. And the gorillas is like, you know, who's stronger than the gorilla? Right. He can rip you apart. Limb from limb. Yeah, literally. He take a muscle-bound man you, and put his face in the sand. <laughs> By the way, did you see the um, the shot of that monkey that climbed with the pole? <laughs> no. Oh, and lashed out at the guy who was trying to save him? Oh, you need to look that up. It's unbelievable. The dude was, really? He was trying to rip somebody's face off. Come on! Rip your <laughs> face like, off. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> so shove it down your throat! Shove it down your throat! Take a dump in your mouth! Come on! <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's <laughs> an impersonation of a man that we once knew, R.I.P. to Wayne. <laughs> the Wayneyak. And also known as the Wayneyak. Yeah, come on. Anyways, so yeah, so we got some more stuff to cover here. Very interested to see what's going on in the NBA because the playoffs started today. And uh, the Indiana Pacers pulled off an upset. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. And you know, they were Toronto's looking tired. And Toronto, every year they win all these games. And then it's just all of a sudden in the April when the postseason starts, they become nice Canadians. And, and they, <laughs> eh? they give you rollover minutes, eh? And they, they eat uh, uh, poutine and, and they, they bring out hockey sticks. Mm, that poutine will stop you from being able to do anything. I guess so. I don't know what's going on. But, the, but actually, the Pacers do match up well with them. The Pacers match up well with them. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pacers pull off the shocker, which then in turn will shake up the, uh, will then in turn shake up the bracket for sure. For especially in the East, I actually think the East is going to be a little bit stiffer. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for Cleveland. What do you think? It should be. I don't think there's no real threat over there. I mean, really, you yeah. think? I think Miami's real threat to Cleveland. Honestly, Toronto was more of a threat than Miami. Really, I yeah. think Miami and Boston are real threats to 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 Cleveland. Let's let's just go over the the series as they sit. We have at this point we have the Pacers who won this game today, who are up one to nothing. Um, they, I mean, they took it to him, and Paul George put up 33. Paul George really, really bald, and he looks like the Paul George pre-leg break. He's unstoppable the, the, when, the when he wins his game, you know, but he, I don't know if he's going to be able to last through the whole. Um, I don't either. Yeah, they, looked, they looked, they looked as a team, they looked fatigued coming into the playoffs. Right, and now, you know, the lights came on, they performed. You can't say anything about that. Yeah, you can just say Toronto's uh, looking forward to some good weather, so they're not worried about going deep into the playoffs, I guess. <laughs> um, and as expected, the Golden State Warriors are beating the shit out of the Houston Rockets. It's uh, I think Houston is still one. I don't. You Houston don't has no heart. I'm no so heart, disappointed but, in Houston. Yeah, but, they have no heart. James Harden is overrated, yeah. in my opinion. Not that he's not great. I mean, his numbers, he's a situation where, in my opinion, the numbers do lie. Yeah. He's averaging something like, I think, like 29-7-3 and three or something like that. And yet, it's like Eric Karras' 25 or 30 home runs for the Dodgers in the 90s. It was worthless. It means nothing. You got them all in Colorado. They, and, they, and they come in games that where... where <laughs> they got them all in Colorado. And they come in games where it's not necessarily... You know, the games aren't necessarily close, in my opinion. But the... Uh, they just they don't care, man. They want to get to the strip club and the barbecue joint in Houston. They're looking for somebody to point the finger at. They fired Kevin McHale for no good reason. It's not Kevin McHale's fault that you have a whole bunch of dudes who don't take pride in their game. They have the tools to win. This is what's most upsetting about the Houston Rockets. Well, I think they did Kevin McHale a favor because they did because yeah. he's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner, and you bring him down. Why do you want to bring Kevin McHale down? I you mean, can't like, bring Kevin McHale down. On, he dude. played with the Chief. Come on, he played with Robert Parrish. Bird. Come on, man. And now you want to have him over there playing games with... You want to have him playing grab ass with a bunch of guys who, who don't even care whether or not they get blown out, smiling they when money, they get though. blown out and they all make that too stuff. Much money. They said, you know, what is too much? I mean, the thing is, is like you, you wish there was some financial incentivization yeah. or maybe some way to make society more equal or something so that, you know, there was some sort of incentive because it comes up... This is about pride in your game. And these guys... If you're willing to get blown out and it not be a problem, you don't have pride in your game. And part of the reason you don't have pride in your game is because you just don't care because you can go and post up afterwards. You know, you really want to get this series over with so you can fly your your chicks out to Miami and have a good time or go out to the to the islands on your private jet or whatever it is that you do. It's just too much of not caring. 
That's what I feel and like. You have self-respect. To have, that's what it is. You have you have to you have to care about your work, no matter what your work is. And I don't know, you know, that they do enough. And they're lavish with accolades and financially accoladed, whether or not they win. That's the part that's a trip to me. So you think that they should have like incentive laden contracts, all about you know maybe how much you perform more more performance oriented. I don't know. I don't know what they can do, but I know that guys just don't care enough. And the corporations don't seem to care about the winners. You know, they just they want the popular guys. And it comes back to this individualism that's running rampant in sports and running rampant in society. Because you have a guy like James Harden who gets a $200 million deal from Adidas and gets caught out and about wearing Nikes. <laughs> right. Uh, what? Let's see. Are you, do you understand how committed I would be to wearing Adidas? I would everything Adidas. I wouldn't even have anybody that I'm hanging out with wearing Nikes. Like why, I would decline hanging would out with, with Michael Jordan because he's wearing Jordans. Like, hey man, I don't know about that. So I don't, I don't know. But we talk about the rest of the series. I mean, I see this Golden State series going four zero. They're you know, I mean, this is ugly. So you don't think they're going to get a game? I don't even think they're going to get a game. T. I don't that's, think they're going to get a game. The other games disgusting. we got today, we got Boston versus the, as like Boston Celtics versus Atlanta. And I think Boston's actually going to pull the series out. I don't think you want to see Boston Man, right now. Sleeper sales. Yep, yep. Those kids, and those kids actually do care about hey, their game. You can tell. And they and series you can defense. Tell. You know, they're willing to get in fights. Yeah, they're willing to do whatever, die for loose balls or whatever. You look at a guy like James Harden right now. Not to knock James Harden or anything like bashing, but I don't think he's going to be too much diving for a loose ball. You no. think so? What? Not <laughs> unless it's leading him to the free throw line, because it, realistically, he plays no defense. And I got love for James Harden. I see him and, and give him love and you know and, and all the time. But he's not going to play any defense, and and I don't blame him because it's not demanded of him. His one thing I love about James Harden's game is that he's committed to getting to the rack. Yeah, which then in turn it, uh, opens up that jumper. Opens up the jumper, but it really it opens up play for Dwight Howard, even though Dwight Howard doesn't even want to play anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the 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 Dallas Mavericks going up against OKC. I think OKC is going to handle Dallas in this series, but. You know what, Dirk and the boys—they always have heart. So I think they're going to steal a game or two. But I think OKC has that. Uh, the rest of the series rollout is such. Uh, we got the Cavs versus Detroit, which I think is a total waste to even talk about. <laughs> uh, we got Charlotte versus Miami, which is a series I wish wasn't the first round matchup because Charlotte seemed like they gelled late in the season, and I don't think you necessarily well, want to see them right now. They had a lot of injuries. Al Jefferson was hurt for a long time, and now you got him, Kimba. You get them boys playing well. And uh, and I actually Frank really, the tank. yeah, and I actually really like the Miami Heat though, not just because you know I I am an endorser <laughs> of the city of Miami, what up Dade County, uh, <laughs> but I, I just I I really think that you got that kid Hassan Whiteside is legit. I I don't know how much you guys watching, but that kid is a classic big man. He's got great footwork. He's dominant. And then they got the role players. They picked up guys that were key. Picking up Joe Johnson was good because you're not asking Joe Johnson to be a superstar. You still got Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade is nice. Right. But if Kimba Walker plays it the right way, you can get Hassan Whiteside out of the game by just attacking him because he, for some reason, big men just don't understand that they don't have to jump like that. And Well, I don't know. You do need to jump to protect the rim, but at the same time, Not they, you don't Walker. have to foul. Yeah. There's a difference between jumping and fouling. You need to jump. You need to jump straight up. And really, in my opinion, what that has to do with is how they call the games because ultimately – the big man gets no love. He can jump straight up, and if little Kimba Walker jumps into him and falls down onto the brick wall, it looks like that something violent happened Poor when really Kimba. the game just went the way that the game was supposed to go. Yeah. Soft nowadays. Very, very soft. Charlie Lee Brant in the league. 
soft and away. Soft and away. Then we got Memphis versus San Antonio. Memphis is all beat up. Why are they playing that game? The, that game. <laughs> they got to play seven of them. Hopefully, they only play four. Uh, and then we got to – honestly, I am an L.A. Clippers fan, mm-hmm. and I think the Clippers could be in trouble because even though they beat the crap out of Portland during the season, something about Portland makes me nervous, man. I don't yeah. know what it is. And I don't know. You never know which Clippers team is going to show up, which really bothers me. But it's a problem. Uh, Clippers versus Portland, and and I'm hoping that the Clippers, you know, Clippers get it together. Portland's real. You think? Oh, yeah, I think they're real. They're not going to go all the way, of course, but they're real. They're, you think they're real enough to to steal a couple games, or you think they're real enough to take the series? I think anybody can beat the Clippers in in a short series. Nice. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to go out and grab four guys <laughs> since you feel that way. No, but it's not a short series. It's a seven-game series, and this is part of the yeah. problem with the NBA it's true. is that every round is a seven-game series, in which point the underdog really doesn't have much of a chance. Are they going to fix that? I'm not in in conversations with Commissioner Silver, but I don't think that they're yeah, fixing it. As of <laughs> no, right but now. I th- I heard that they had you know there was rumors about them taking it back to five. I've heard none of those rumors. No, no, but I I would like that. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I'd like that to be the case. I would definitely like that to be the case. It's uh you know the 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 underdog has a chance in five that he doesn't have in in seven. He just the, the better team's gonna win in seven games. This is one of the things that's so exciting about uh, this. Is one of those things that's so exciting about the Super Bowl because it's one game. You know, what else is exciting is D one bound. D one bound, a nation, one nation under a groove that's trying to help kids stay focused to achieve their goals and get scholarships. Go to d1bound.com and check out what they have to offer, especially if you're interested in uh, college recruiting highlight reels. It's amazing the business has been made out of uh, recruitment for sports and, you know, that whole song and dance. It's it's just amazing. I remember back in the day, you would just try to get your dad out to, to get some videotape footage that you then would send some grainy footage to a coach and then you could get a, a scholarship. Now it's, a, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar business. Now. Right. If nothing else, you know, they you would think about just reminiscing over the video footage. <laughs> you could just run it back. <laughs> like, like, wow, man. You, oh, remember that? Yeah, I bought. I remember. Of <laughs> <laughs> course I remember. So that takes us into uh, into our favorite. Let's talk a little baseball. Ooh, ooh. Let's talk a little baseball. T Bone Icons Aroni. What do you think about the baseball season that is out and about? Right now, it's unbelievable. Uh, you got a lot of kids that are actually performing, doing well. That you you know the sleeper cells. Name some of the kids. Name these sleeper cells of which you speak. Well, Randall Grickick. Did I pronounce it right? Grick, Grick, Grickick, I don't know, but talk about. Oh it. yeah, but no, no, for Saint, for Saint Louis, and you know that kid. They projected him to hit thirty bombs, but he started off slow, and now he's actually starting to wake up. And then you got a guy like Kevin Pillard, who's at the top of Toronto's lineup, that's starting off so slow that they might drop him back down in the lineup. But if he comes back up to the top, he's going to be a beast. You know, sometimes you need to be sent down to come back up. And Kevin Pillard seems to be one of those candidates. And Michael Conforto, they finally moved him to the three hole and he performed. Speaking of guys that went down yeah. to come up, yeah. Conforto, they were flirting around with him in the seven and eight hole. Now they got him in the three hole. I think that's going to help that team a lot. Yeah, and they were talking about Platoonie, man, one time, and I think that might be off the table. It should be off the table. You got Kiki Hernandez also. Oh, Kiki Hernandez is a stud. We, you know, we talked to Kiki at the game. Yeah. Kiki's a stud. I always felt like Kiki just needed day-to-day burn. And he exactly. Just, you know, nobody ever let him feel the burn. Yeah, but and he's Play serious. Kiki Hernandez. <laughs> 
I want I want socialism for Kiki. <laughs> Kiki needs equal pay for equal work. That's what Kiki needs. Sorry. Bernie, get out of here, man. We're talking sports. <laughs> yeah, but Kiki, no. The kid is a stud, and he needs to get more playing time. And they were platooning him. But I, after last night, I don't know if, you know, two bombs, that's that's real. That's not a fluke. Against Bumgarner, right? Yeah. He, got, he touched Bumgarner yeah. for First one First pitch of the game. Come on, man. Kiki. Yeah. Well, um, uh, what else is over is uh, is the the zero win teams in Major League Baseball now because the Twins got them a win, and the uh, who else was that that was winless? That the was Braves. Corliss Williamson. Yeah, winlessome was the Braves. Yeah, and they got a win, and let's see if that gets them out of the gates. Very, very interesting what's going on uh, in baseball, in my opinion, because you have teams. The, the Cubs are playing well. I mean, I'm still mind blown that the Cubs were a favorite to win the World Series ever, but uh, they're playing well and they got a lot of kids. But there's a lot of parity in the league this year, right? And I think that the Rockies are sneaking up on a couple of teams because even away from Coors Field, they're actually performing. They're keeping the, the scores low. This, what today was? I don't know the final score, but it, early on it was like six to two. Oh. Didn't keep it low. Yeah, they hey, keep it and herein lies the problem. Colorado never can wants to ass. invest in any <laughs> any pitching. They want to invest in a can of whoop ass. So you got guys like Nolan Arenado who can hit fifty bombs and Cargo and Trevor Story and all these guys. But then you're you're wondering what happened, you know, because they can they if they don't outslug you, they don't win. Plain and simple. Right. But that was um what the kid went seven innings today, Bergman, and he had held him down to two runs. Talk to us about how Trevor Story has taken Jose Reyes's job. Well, basically, Jose Reyes had all those legal problems, and why would you want to bring him back? He said he didn't want to be there in the first place. So, you know, Trevor Story has actually come up and performed. Although he strikes out a lot, he doesn't make a lot of contact. He'll make the adjustments. But in the minor leagues, he had a lot of bombs, and he struck out, you know, so you knew what you were getting. Yeah. Yeah, but— Well, Mike Trout strikes out a lot, and he hits a lot of bombs and does a lot of good stuff. It's, it's very acceptable nowadays in Major League Baseball to strike out even if you—as long as you hit— you know, as long as your slugging percentage is up. Right, right. And But Trevor Story, he seems to be the real deal. He has great defense. You know, he looks a lot like Tula Whiskey. I think he patterned his game after him. And what do you think about your other sleeper cell you've been high on all offseason? Which one is this? Eugenio Suarez. Oh, Eugenio. He's struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah, they're the- figuring him out. But, you know, all these kids, they figure you out. They write a little book on you, and you have to make the adjustments. If you don't make the adjustments, then – you end up falling down in the low, the lineup. You go from the two spot to the eight or nine spot. And nobody wants to be in that spot. No I, also, I also like the fact that the Mets moved uh, – jumping back to the Mets, the Mets moved Travis Darno up. I think yeah. Travis Darno is a kid that he just needs uh, – he needs to play, you know, be fully healthy and play. Travis Darno is legit, man. And, and having him in the right part of the lineup is a very good idea. Well, uh, you know, today he's back in the eight hole, but I think that he'll do better if they if they keep flirting him in the top half of the lineup. Yeah, well, they had to do some kind of adjustment. They had to make some kind of adjustments because they were one of the worst teams. They had one of the worst offenses in baseball. So you have to do something, and you can't have that kind of payroll and, you know, nothing. You paid Cespedes, and Cespedes actually does not perform. Although he had a bomb yesterday, boy. Woo, dead center in Cleveland. It's hard to say he doesn't perform. I mean, this is a small sample size, and if you look at what he did after the All-Star game last year, everybody in New York would disagree to, with you. Uh, what about the post? It'll, it'll be interested to see what happens this year. Yeah, he's not performing so far. Yeah, well, you know, but you can't jump on him and give a pass to a guy like Lucas Duda. Who, who well, Lucas Duda never performs. He's inconsistent. This, this is, but this is what I'm saying. Oh, you yeah. can't give him, I can't give these guys a pass and just pick on one guy. I well, think, uh, you know what? You can, though, because that's why they paid him the big bucks. Lucas Duda is not making minimum wage. But not Lucas Duda is not making anywhere in the ballpark of assessments. 
I don't I, know what his numbers are, but I, I'm what pretty I'm sure saying he's probably is making maybe five. If you're if you're batting in the four hole, you got to produce. I don't yeah. care who you are. Well, Lucas Duda just went to the four hole actually last year. He was in the four hole, dude. I had him on my fantasy squad, so I, I don't want to hear four, that. He was in four or five. He wasn't. I don't four care. I need my four yeah. and my five. Well, they bang. got David Wright in the three hole, and David Wright is sticking the joint up. Well, but David Wright now has been moved to two. I agree. Yeah. But this yeah. is herein lies the problem. They got to get their their lineup together and figure out. You know, they got to figure some stuff out. Now, in my opinion, who has figured some stuff out is the Boston Red Sox, and oh, what we were talking about the before. Baltimore Orioles and the Baltimore Orioles too. But I'm telling you, man, them Red Sox. Wow. The Red Sox, they've, they've already played the Blue Jays about 100 times for some reason. <laughs> and they, they find ways to win, which are very impressive to me. Yeah, I'm— They put up they put up, they put up crooked numbers in innings oftentimes. You know, they don't hit you with one here, one there. Yeah. They explode. Yeah. The Red Sox are nice, but, again, they're, they're short on pitching. Really short on pitching. Yeah, because you can't count on Clay Buckles. Yeah, and Baltimore, I think that Baltimore, everybody's high on Toronto Blue Jays' uh, lineup, but I think that Baltimore has the best lineup in baseball. Yeah, they can they can bang with anybody. I mean, Jumbo Trumbo, you got Scope, uh, you have, uh, and they snuck in your boy, Pedro Alvarez. I saw that. Oh, my goodness. I are you, saw that. Are you crazy? And, you, and, and you're giving Pedro Alvarez the right to just free swing. He can just, and, and he literally, he's and playing put him in, at the that, bottom. In, in that Cracker Jack box over there for one. But Pedro Alvarez can hit him on the yellow stone. It doesn't either. matter. But then you got Chris Davis. You got Adam Jones, who's one of the best all-around players in all of baseball. And Manny Machado. Who's one of the best all-around players in all of baseball. Exactly. So, man, come who's on. Who's their leadoff hitter? You know what? Who they they had, the a, they had a kid. They had a kid that they brought up, actually. And I forgot the kid's name. Let's pull him up. Yeah, because Baltimore's been putting in work, man. These guys, I don't know. And, and – Nobody necessarily can say, oh, yeah, I called it. But you could look at their lineup and say, wow, they're, they're serious. Ricard, this is the guy that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. He's batting 317. Yeah. Looking good out there. This is a nice lineup. Ricard, Machado. Manny Machado's your two-hitter? Are you crazy? <laughs> Come on, dude. I had the luxury of hanging out with Manny Machado in the offseason. And I, I personally, I told him that he was going to be the beneficiary of them paying Mike Trout three, four, five hundred million dollars on his next deal because Manny Machado is – will prove to be just as good as anybody in the league. And when it's time for him to get paid, they're going to have to back up the Brinks truck. Right. Because his 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 check is going to be heavy. Anyways, Manny Machado, Andrew Jones, Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo, J.J. Hardy, Jonathan Scope, uh, Nolan Reimold. Nolan Reimold, huh? Yeah, Nolan, Nolan Reimold, Reimold and uh, Caleb Joseph. This is serious. Lineup. And Matt Wieters is normally the bat. You know, the, yeah, the and Matt Wieters can swing it, but and, he's always hurt. Yeah. Well, they're easing him back in. You know, he had that elbow problem. Got to ease Ease him back in with the elbow. Yeah. The elbow gets tight on I you. Oh, forget about especially it. when it rains. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know, what do you think about that kid Velasquez who had that outrageously dominant game out in Philly? I'm not trying to knock the Velasquez kid, and he had a devastating game before that. But it was again against two of the worst offenses in baseball against the Padres. But the Padres have just set a record for being shut out the most times in MLB history. What five times already? Hey, well at least they set a record. <laughs> What can so you do? Sound you like know? a mother over there. there. <laughs> you got to look at the bright side. This is this is all I'm saying. Right. right. Now I want to talk about something uh, pretty quickly here. I want to talk about what, in my opinion, something very near and dear to me, which is I have a theory that Major League Baseball doesn't need to cut any games. A lot of people talk about cutting games, and really the only people that talk about the Major League the Major League Baseball schedule being too long are people who aren't really baseball fans. Right. Why don't they start the season? in the South and on the West Coast instead of playing games We've been talking in 32-degree weather or just getting them rained out. I lost my fantasy games. And I won one. Because <laughs> of rainouts. Because I had two guys that were supposed to pitch on Sunday that Where got rained out. New York? 
Yeah, I guess Tanaka got rained out, and uh, I think Jimenez or what? I had I had two guys. I need to look at my my squad, but I had two guys get rained out, and I'm not talking about oh yeah, you might have won, you might have lost. No, I I lost, lost because I needed like, like th- yeah, I needed three points to yeah. win the game. Yeah, I don't understand with the scheduling why they do that. That makes no sense. Think about that. If the if the if the league started in April, just for the first two or three weeks, not the whole, even not even the whole month, just until right. it starts getting warm in other cities. You're talking about California itself has five teams. Yeah, we got the A's, the Giants, the the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Padres. So that's ten games right there. Right, that's ten games plus the Arizona Diamondbacks, and who play in a dome. So that's that's eleven games there. Texas, I think you can count on because the the down in Arlington and in Houston is a dome, I do it's believe. So now dome. now you're talking about that's 13 games, and then throw throw in Tampa and Miami, or you could even go to 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 uh, to Milwaukee if you want to because they got a dome. Just throw in some another like like Toronto, Toronto. Toronto you got and, the whole you got the whole the, the whole schedule. Now you got the whole league playing, and they're actually playing all their games. Major League Baseball. It's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to it's the not. to the players. I mean, I'm sure the players would like to play, especially a lot to of get them, a rhythm. Yeah, they're from Latin America, and the cold weather really affects their game. It affects everybody's game. I don't yeah. care where you're from because baseball is not designed as an all weather sport. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a warm weather design, sport. It's a warm weather sport, so it's not really designed to be. You know, all the time I'm out there, I'm watching guys, and then you see a guy, of course, come up with the famous pulled oblique. Or, or the strained oblique, or the or the the strained hammy, all of this stuff, man, trying to explode in the in the uh, in the thirty eight degree weather, man. That's for football. Yeah, that's for soccer. That's for other sports. You can't really do that in in baseball. You see these guys, bump. and instead of and sorry it, for cutting no, you off, okay. but instead <laughs> of instead of babying a guy, Randy Piper, for for making him throw a hundred pitches, how about you let him play in the warm weather and see what that does for him? Right, you got these guys bundled up like polar bears. Come on, man. Well, like that's the way baseball is supposed to be played. That's that's my rant for the day. Just really bothers me. I mean, partially because of being a baseball player and seeing how the game, you know, how the cold can affect your game, but also because I lost my fantasy team because of it. Uh, I lost my game, that's man. The you know, most important thing. Come on, dude. At the end of the day, <laughs> this is this seriously. You know. When you play early, when you lose those games early, they come back to bite you. Yeah, but if you're an actual gambler, you know to stay away from some of those games too. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you're hardcore, because anything can happen. It's like betting on a mutter and racing, you know, yeah. sports racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see your boy Ryan Braun's getting it back together. Yeah, he had two monster bombs. 460, the second he hit longest the one. Mash. Yeah. He, he had, hit a monster mash. <laughs> hopefully... You know, with his back injury, he'll bounce back and be the player that I don't think that he's going to steal any bags. I yeah. think that I think he, he's, he's lost the five two. Yeah, uh, but I, you know what? Another player who you spoke about that was a monster that you thought was going to end up having a, a nice year right now, and he's on pace to have a monster season is Gene Segura. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah it's a change, a change of scenery. You know, they they get, instill confidence in this kid, and he's a he's not a, a five two player, but we can give him like three and a half, four. I'm three and a half, four, and I'm here to tell you. I was ready to drop. I missed my – I have a confession to make, everybody out there in Ozone Land. I missed my fantasy draft, and my team, I thought, was <laughs> – uh, boo-boo. Was, was stinky boo-boo. Yogi and boo-boo. Ew. <laughs> hey, yo, Yogi. Hey, yo, boo-boo. Uh, uh, you know what? And I got Carlos Beltran on my team, who, by the way, is balling. Yeah, unfortunately against me now. <laughs> That's in one of my leagues. I got him in my other league. Wow, you believed. You're I, a, I, I, I you're a believer. The, 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 I am a believer. The, the, the computer believed for me today. He had two doubles and a bomb. Right. Two ribeyes, too. That's a lot. That's a lot. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a very, very fun 
an enjoyable time on the Ozone. You can find me at Omar Miller on Twitter, at Omar Benson Miller on Instagram, and you can find us at Ozone Podcast on Twitter. We have, uh, we're coming at you nowadays. At Icons is my brother's address on all platforms. Yeah, Terry e- Miller at Icons. E-Y-E-C-O-N-Z. I'll leave you with a quote from Nelson Mandela on this one. Pretty insightful here. After climbing a great hill, one only finds that there are more hills to climb. <laughs> Many more hills to climb. It's fantastic. It's really, really, it's, it's, it's insightful. Well, folks, thanks for riding with us. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your sports. Ozone. Peace. Peace.